Hi everyone, this is Rahat. Before we start this episode, I wanted to let you know that the episode speaks a lot about mental illness and touches a little bit on the experiences myself and my guests have with our mental health. We share and speak about some resources that may be helpful in dealing with some of the things you're going through. Just know that you aren't alone. As someone who suffers from major depressive disorder, I know sometimes it can feel like you aren't understood, aren't heard, and there isn't much that can be done. But there is, and I hope that this is something you can take away from this episode. Hi, I'm Rahat. Hi, I'm Hospital, and you're listening to Tech for Humans. Welcome to Tech for Humans podcast. My name is Rahat. Uh, unfortunately, today, Hospital could not uh, be with us, but we've got two awesome guests. Uh, we've got J.D. Flynn and Matt Tress. Can you both take a second and introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm J.D. I am a PHP Drupal developer, uh, volunteer with Osmi. I've been doing that for about three years now, I want to say. Uh, Osmi is short for open sourcing mental illness and just love being a part of it. Yeah, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm a senior software engineer at a, uh, a cool little startup in Texas called Primitive. Um, on top of being an OSS maintainer for a couple different PHP API stuff, um, I've been involved with Osmi now, I think about five years or so. It was one of the first things I kind of got involved with. Um, and I've done all kinds of different things uh, for them throughout the years. So, um, Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, what Osmi is, what they do? Yeah. Uh, so Osmi started, um, I think about six years ago, and it started with a guy named Ed Finkler, um, who on Twitter is at Funkatron. Um, he used, or he still kind of does host a podcast called Dev Hell, which is kind of a all-encompassing, they would talk about just anything tech-related on that podcast. There's really no um singular focus other than it's talking about tech and the hellscape that it is um and one day ed went to his co-host a guy named chris hartjez and basically just said look man i have this thing going on and i just need to talk about it and so chris was a little apprehensive at first uh but he decided to let ed do his thing and um and basically on what turned out to be about like a 45 minute to hour long podcast Ed just laid it all out there talking about um, his struggles with anxiety and depression. Mostly Um, it ended up being probably the most downloaded episode of their podcast is what um, they've come to realize. Um, Even now to this day, people still go find that podcast. And so after they got the podcast released, people just were coming up to Ed saying, thank you for talking about this. I thought I was all alone. I didn't realize that there was more people um, like me. And so he kind of put the thoughts together that there really isn't anything in tech aimed at helping people with mental health issues um, know that they're not alone. So he, he kind of started this idea of building a community around it um, where we introduce our now kind of like our, our, uh, our benevolent dictator, Joe Ferguson, who, <laughs> in about a two week period went from absolutely nothing to a fully incorporated 501 C three, which if you're listening and you know anything about um, filing papers for 501 C three, like a two week turnaround is almost unheard of. Um, He just, he had all the paperwork nailed the first time and basically went from nothing to um, 
a full-blown charity. Um, and from there, they started building up kind of the ranks of the volunteers. People have come and gone as they can. People kind of, some people just kind of hang out in our Slack channel, kind of offer musings and um, anecdotes and stories. Some people blog and edit blogs for us. Some of us are speakers. Uh, some people kind of work in the background to help kind of like the administrative stuff. Um, but that that kind of brings us from start to where we are today. Wow, that's that's awesome. Um, can you explain a little bit more about, like, I guess, what the open source part of it all means? So a lot of us are open source developers. Um, a lot of us deal with a language called PHP. Uh, like, we all, a lot of us got our start with a language called PHP. Obviously, now we have a lot more developers involved. There's Ruby developers. There's Python developers. Um, JavaScript developers. Like, we all play nice. But, you know, all the languages are open source. For the most That's part. kind of where we all come from. <laughs> in that kind of aspect. Um, a few of us are maintainers of um, widely downloaded PHP packages, including like uh, the PHP Leaks Fractal, Laravel's Homestead, Vagrant Box, things like that. Um, but so we keep all of our stuff, all of our data is open source as well. Um, and that was one of the, the core points that we wanted to get through is that not only do we want to collect this data and play with it and kind of release some studies, but we also wanted other people to have this data as well. So anytime we do a survey, we license it under Creative Commons and throw it up on a, a, a data platform called Kaggle, K-A-G-G-L-E. And that allows data scientists or anyone who has kind of like a data scientist background or just likes to play with numbers and things like that, they can take our data and um, kind of start drawing conclusions based on that kind of stuff. So we don't hide behind um, a license for our data or anything. We just throw it all out there so anyone can use it. Where, you know, it's not just open source technology, it's open sourcing as in, you know, starting the conversation, making it more open to everybody. Uh, and to kind of, you know, one of our core tenets is erasing the stigma. So, you know, erase the stigma around mental illness by opening it up and, you know, making people who may have mental illness not feel like they're alone. Got it. That's awesome. Um, so what are some of like the main ways I guess Osmi does, I guess maybe outreach regarding mental health into the tech industry? I think uh, you know, some of the biggest things that we do is our annual survey, which you know we put out yearly, which where annual comes from. Uh, <laughs> and we collect data. And one of the reasons that that started is because Ed, our our fearless founder, um realized that not a lot of studying has been done in in the tech industry specifically and there's been you know a lot of incidences and uh you know anecdotal evidence kind of pointing towards hey maybe people in the tech industry are suffering in silence so i started doing the survey which gave us a ton of data and like matt said you know we we put that all open on kaggle um and uh, so started with that, and then the handbooks that we have. We've got three handbooks that were based on the ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, and those are available. Um, also open source, but you know we put them out on LeanPub in case anybody wants to throw us a dime. And those are good for you know, uh, mental illness in or creating a an open workplace. Uh, there's one for HR professionals. There's one for employers. It's a collection of three. So that was vetted by, 
I believe, psychologist or a psychiatrist who is also a volunteer with the organization. Um, and we've got the speaking campaign where, like Matt said, a bunch of us go out and talk wherever we can to anybody who will listen. And um, we also have the forums uh, that used to be devpressed.com, which we kind of rolled up into the OSMI forums. Uh, I think those are some of our biggest uh, efforts. Matt, am I leaving anything out there? No, I mean, the speaking is probably the biggest. Um, that's where we get the most impact is having like people on stage or in a conference, like really laying it all out there. Um, generally, we get an in-kind sponsorship as well, which works really well in our favor. So after we're done speaking, you generally find us in the sponsors area at our table, which gives people a chance like, if they didn't want to come up to us right when we're done talking um, because they're afraid of people seeing them or something like that, like that's another great way for us to outreach as well. Um, I would say like conferences are conferences are probably our biggest um, way to get the word out. Uh, the books are great. The survey is good. A few of us are pretty active on Twitter as well, but um, the conferences are generally where most of our outreach comes from. Awesome. Um, you guys mentioned like the books. Uh, there were like three books um, that were put out. Um, how were how was the idea around those books kind of conceived, and um, how, did you guys contribute to those in any way? I definitely didn't contribute to them. No, um, and that's good because I don't really understand English all that well. So, like, we don't really want me editing books or anything. But uh, <laughs> like, the main thing is. Is when we were start when Ed and Joe were really getting this thing going, they were trying to look at quick, impactful ways to um, get the word out there that Osmi was a thing and here's our mission. And one thing that they realized really fast was that there really is no literature around as someone who deals with a mental illness, what are your rights and protections under the Americans with Disabilities Act? Um, that kind of brings up an interesting point because like we're an American founded company while we do have representation um, in Europe and other places, like our stuff is mainly focused on American culture right now um, because, you know, our healthcare system is just oh so great. Um, and so the books just kind of came out as like a quick way for us to get the word out there. And also just, it's a, it's a really easy way for people to get help without having to volunteer that information, which is something we realized quickly on as well is um, right. it's, it's really hard to talk about this stuff, even to um, your friends and your family. And so downloading a book is a quick anonymous way to kind of realize what you can get help with without having to out yourself as someone who uh, is manic or has bipolar disorder or something like that. Um, like JD said, they're on lean pub um, and they've been vetted and worked through with um actual psychologists and people with medical degrees. So we didn't just write these and say they're good to go. We had them 100% checked for accuracy, make sure that everything is copacetic under, under the gotcha. current laws. Um, if you go to lean pub, you can take it down to free, but if you give us some cash, then that's how we get to go to conferences. So kind of, uh, whoa, little gotcha. something there. Yeah. And you know, in psychologists, View. It was also reviewed by a lawyer who specializes in the ADA, I believe. Um, we, we've got a lot of great people who volunteer a lot of their very, very valuable time. And just the fact that they're as passionate about this as we are 
um, is amazing. So yeah, we're, we're not just making words to, for the sake of making words, we're making words that actually have some basis in reality. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, how did the two of you kind of get involved with volunteering? And like, if someone is kind of interested in becoming a volunteer, how does, how does one go about doing that? So my path to joining a rocky road, but it you know, led to a really, really good outcome. Um, so I'm local to the Chicago area, and I was dealing with like the first stages of admitting to myself that I have mental illness. So I've got depression, I've got PTSD, ADHD, um, and I saw that there was a PHP meetup and the topic happened to be about mental illness. The speaker was Ed Finkler. And I went, I attended this talk uh, and it absolutely blew my mind. Um, like Matt said earlier, the American healthcare system is so great. Uh, I was, at the time that I saw the talk, I was kind of in the weird period where I had found a therapist. I had started getting treatment the therapist said, hey, you need to get on medication, but I can't prescribe it, so go see your doctor. And I didn't have a doctor, so I found one, and it was a, I believe, three-month wait before I could get my first visit. And I'm sure that my story is pretty similar to a lot of our volunteers. Uh, so I had that weird, I know I need help. I know the answers are out there. Right. I know there's something that can help me, but I can't do anything about it until I could get into a doctor because reasons i still don't know what they are um and just being in that kind of limbo but hearing somebody speak about stuff that was really really resonating with me things that i was going through at the exact same time uh it was pretty amazing and spoke with ed a little bit after the talk and a couple months went by and got myself treatment decided hey ed's talk literally changed my life i would like to attempt to do something similar. So I reached out to him by email and asked, hey, would you mind if I did a talk similar to yours? Uh, and his response was, you can take my talk, take my slides and change the name if you want to. I don't care, just get out and do it. I, uh, he invited me to the Yasmi Slack. I grew a beard, started wearing glasses to look more like him <laughs> and uh, I, I, I did write my own version of the talk, heavily inspired by his, but that was kind of my path. And then the more that I hang out in Slack, the more that I'm able to do, the more I want to do. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned, um, like, hearing that talk with uh, from Ed. Um, I actually went on the site. I had seen, like, a YouTube video. Uh, might be the talk that you're speaking on. Um, I think he was at some type of Google event and talking about... Um, so some of the things he goes through. And um, as I was um, kind of watching it, I went through some of the um, same things you're kind of mentioning just here. Um, me, I'm, myself, I'm, I'm also, I also go through mental illness. This episode is like pretty special to me in that case. Um, I've also been trying to do some uh, talks in the mental health and tech. So um, kind of seeing that kind of put a lot of things in perspective for me as well. So, you know, I just wanted, I thought that was a good time to say thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really, that's really awesome. Um, so if anyone does want to get involved, reaching out shouldn't be an issue. 
right? No, you can you can find a lot of us on Twitter, um, and that's a great way just to get the conversation going. And then we invite you to the Slack, and then um, we we keep it fairly lax in there as much like. excuse me like there's no requirements for how many talks you need to give or how many blog posts you need to do it's if if you're more of a writer then by all means go see what the blog group is doing and see where you can help out if you're a speaker whether it's your first time speaking or your hundredth time speaking um you know talk to the other speakers and kind of see what's worked really well for them see what hasn't worked really well for them and then just from there whenever you're ready to start tomato conference you know find one of us who do it quite often and we'll help you through the whole process of submitting a talk that we know is going to get accepted which kind of works out in our favor um because people you know they really want us to be coming to talk so generally we always have a way into a conference and so um if you're you know if you're a first time speaker or something like that and you want to get involved like we're more than happy to kind of guide you through that process as well that's amazing that's awesome Cool. Um, so speaking of talks, I, do both of you do talks? Um, I think JD, I kind of I saw that you did some. Um, Matt, are you kind of doing that as well? Yeah, I'm taking. Uh, I did a lot last year. I'm taking this year, kind of like keeping it low key. Um, but I gave two keynotes and a session last year around mental health, um, on top of other tech talks as well. So that's that's mainly like my focus as a volunteer is um, I like public speaking and I like doing that. And I would, I don't really have much time me down. So I'm able to travel really easily. So um, you'll, you can definitely find me out at conferences. Like you like I said earlier, like you'll find us at the sponsor tables too. Um, but and like most of us are pretty comfortable kind of talking about this kind of stuff in like a non-medical way too. So if you do see us at a conference, like you're more than welcome to kind of come up and talk to us and, you know, relate to us. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely be able to relate back to you as well. That's amazing. Cool. Um, great. So I guess kind of like doing these talks and working with Osme a little bit, um, do you guys, um, have any ideas for like what important things employers and professionals can do to make tech a more inviting place for um, people who like suffer through mental illness? I mean, that's, that's the million dollar question is <laughs> like tech has enough problems as it is to, to figure this out. I mean, like from my point of view, you know, like the biggest thing is like, um, be open and caring. And if you're going to like say that you're open and caring, then be willing to back it up. Um, a great example is um, when I was interviewing for my last job back over the summer, uh, the company I currently work for, when I talked to the HR and who would be like the kind of like the non-tech lead of the team I'm on, they both said the mental health of our employees is really special and we care about it and we really try and do our best to make sure that um our teams are taking time for themselves and all kinds of stuff so it's like oh that's great i speak on mental health and i volunteer for an organization and they're like oh that you know that's really amazing that you do that we we really think that that's like we want to encourage you to keep doing that and i was like that's great that's awesome but you know i'm going to hold you to your word 
and make sure that like you don't screw this one up. And um, a couple of weeks ago, like I was basically heads down on a feature and worked myself sick, just like from a cold and the weather changing so rapidly. Um, but once I handed it off, the very next thing my boss messaged me was, you're taking these next three days off or whatever it was, and you're not getting on Slack, you're not coding, you're going to go do whatever else you want to do, but you're not going to be working. We want to make sure you get some time to relax and to kind of recharge yourself. And so, like, if you're going to if you're going to espouse these whole we care about mental health and we want you to take care of yourself, then when it when it comes time for your employees to say, hey, I need time for myself, you know, own it, give it to them. No questions asked and make sure that they are constantly taking that time to recharge and not not be working themselves um, morning to night. Yeah, I, I think that also if if a company recognizes or if somebody in a leadership position recognizes that, hey, maybe we're not doing the best job we can and they start making some efforts to that, uh, I think, I don't know about you, Matt, but uh, for myself personally, I think that kind of in a unique position where, you know, if somebody were to Google my name, first things that are going to pop up aside from hopefully my personal website are going to be, you know, my talks that have been recorded on mental illness and me basically saying to the world, Hey, I have mental illness. So for people, um, one of the biggest questions I ask is how, how do you deal with talking to a potential employer about mental illness? And I really can't answer that because, you know, any good potential employer is going to Google me and know everything about me to begin with. Uh, but about a year ago, I was, well, I, a year and a half ago, I did a talk at one of the Drupal camps, which are regional Drupal conferences. And turns out that the CEO of one of the larger Drupal companies was sitting in on it. And I found out six months after the fact that he took back from my talk and went to his company and said, hey, there is a hole that we need to fill. Um, let's get a couple of people here together, find out where our holes are, um, what we can do to make this a more welcoming company and what changes we need to make. And so they formed you know, an internal group. From what I understand, they did very similar to the Osme survey. They made their own internal version, uh, sent it out anonymously to all the employees, found out what the company is lacking and then started making small changes. Uh, and I was extremely humbled and you know, just impressed that a huge company that I've looked up to uh, did a huge turnaround just based on listening to me blabber on for about 45 minutes. Uh, so if, and I, I think that's one of the hardest things too, is I don't know about you, Matt, but a lot of the talks I go to, I'm talking to people who look like me or who are at the same level employment wise as me uh, and not usually the HR professionals or the, the, the senior leadership who can actually implement those changes. So I think getting that senior le leadership to understand that there is an issue and get out to talks like these, or at least watch the videos or buy the handbooks on LeanPub, uh, that, that would be one of the biggest things that can lead to a change. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's a good point that you bring up. Um, I'm trying to think back of, like, the talks I did where most of the people were bearded and kind of chubby like me. Um, I think there's a little bit of leadership in some of them, but for the most part, it was it was definitely more, like, senior developers, which we can't really change a whole lot of. Um, so, you know, like, sending getting this information to HR um, – is definitely a way to do it. Um, being proactive and trying to understand it as well. Uh, like JD said, you know, although I did just Google me like right now, because I was actually curious. Um, <laughs> none of my, like none of my talks come up only cause I don't ever get videotaped. No one ever wants to videotape me, which is uh, it's not the worst thing ever. Um, but it, like, if you dig deep enough in, you can figure out that I speak about mental illness. Um, and I talk about it pretty openly on Twitter and all that kind of stuff too. Um, and like, I know when I was, when I was interviewing last time, the CEO of the company I work at, he looked at my Twitter and my blog and I was like, he's like, you know, you, you're really going to fit in here. And I'm like, so you're saying we're all a dumpster fire this company? Cause that's pretty much right. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, like there was no question about like, I, I hang out and I deal with these things and I do this and I speak and I talk and I, I volunteer for uh, a group of people with uh, mental illnesses and things like that. Um, so I never really have to deal with that whole, how do I tell people I do this kind of thing, but I have had to help people do that when um, at the last key or one of the last keynotes I did, uh, a person sent me this whole email about his boss was in the same conference. They were sitting side by side, listening to, um, me give my talk and he'd help he he didn't know how to tell his boss who's sitting right next to him like hey this is pretty much everything that the guy on stage is talking about i'm going through the exact same things and so he was he was kind of like wishing and hoping that my words would have an impact on his boss and i was like well i totally get that and i hope it does but this is kind of like where osmi's um motto comes in which is stronger than fear and if you want to make a change, you've got to kind of like step up to the plate and take a swing. Um, conferences are hit or miss. Like a lot of people are sitting in keynote talks. They're on their phones. They're on their iPads. They're on their laptops. They're tweeting. They're talking. Right. You know, not everyone is 100% engaging, although I do like to think of myself as an engaging individual. You know, people are going to zone out. People aren't going to like totally get the message. And so I told them, like, I hope my message worked here's some questions you can have that will kind of let you um poke and prod without outing yourself but like if you truly want to see change you're gonna have to take a really big leap and i know that's not easy and i know it's gonna take a lot for you but i promise you it gets easier once you make that first leap and so you know like if, if you're someone who's, who's dealing with these things, like if, if you don't know where to start, like find our talks on YouTube, JD's talks, Ed's talk at Google is probably one of the easiest ones to digest. Um, find us on Twitter, get our books and, you know, anonymously email them, use like Mailinator or whatever, anonymously email them to your HR and be like, Hey, I'm an employee here. I'm not going to out myself, but I think y'all need to read these. And I think it needs to be a company wide thing. Um, and the other thing too, one thing, um, is that if you think your company would benefit from it, from it, um, a lot of times we will 
we will talk to companies as well as conferences. Um, it's definitely not something we advertise. It's it's definitely on like a per case basis. But if you feel that like if, if you've seen us talk, if you've seen um, the like the impact we've had elsewhere, and you think it would help your company, you're more than welcome to approach one of us and say we would love to have one of your speakers. Whether it's like something like this remotely, and we're just on a, a, a Google Hangouts, or work something out with Osme to fly us to your headquarters to do it in person, where we will we will take the onus of the whole talking about the heavy subjects, while hopefully getting to um, influencing more than just the software team. So. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways that these barriers can start getting broken down from super simple to super drastic. And uh, kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, for for anybody who is going through the first time of, I guess the appropriate term is disclosing a disability, um, or saying, "Hey, I'm going through this thing." Uh, if the company that you're with, when you disclose that doesn't react in a way that is really conducive to being a welcoming workplace, then maybe it's good that you find it out earlier rather than later, because now you know Absolutely. now you can start you know, potentially planning your exit strategy uh, and just have a better feel for, hey, these are the people I'm working for. Maybe it's, maybe I'm not the best fit or maybe they're not the best fit for me would probably be a better look for it. Absolutely. Awesome. So um, while I was looking into um, you guys a little bit on the Osby site. Uh, Matt, I noticed um, you also, you mentioned, it's mentioned there that you mentor and help developers grow. Do you feel like some of your work with Osby has helped kind of um, with your mentorship? I mean, I, I definitely think it's helped. Yeah, uh, the whole reason I got involved into Osby is um, because a guy who mentored me joe ferguson um was involved and i was like well if you're doing it i think it's a great idea so i'll do it too and so that's kind of <laughs> like how i got involved um in terms of like mentorship within osme um you know, like i've definitely helped speakers kind of get more comfortable speaking uh which is not something that's innate to a lot of us like public speaking is a huge fear to a lot of different people um Absolutely, and, yeah. you know like like a first, like a first few of my talks, like I did mildly not sober because I was like, I don't know how to do this. And so I would just kind of like drink in the corner and then give talks. And I figured out how to be an adult and get over that. Um, but so like every so often we'll get someone joining the Slack and they're like, you know, I'm a new speaker. Like, can I borrow someone's slides? And so like, I'll send them a, one of my slide decks and then kind of guide them through how to create an engaging story um, with slides and stories and things like that. And so while like my, like the main mentorship that I do is like helping junior developers grow. Um, I do make it readily available to them that this is also an aspect of my life. And if this is something that you deal with as well, you know, you're more than welcome to bring this up and we can also kind of talk through being a developer and also dealing with like anxiety and think you're gonna get fired at every step of your life, which is something I spent a good year of my life um, working through. So it's definitely there, but it's for Osme, it's more or less me speaking and getting the message out, mentoring second, whereas otherwise mentoring comes first for me. 
Gotcha. Awesome. Um, so going into Osmi a little bit more, um, I noticed there's like a list of resources on the Osmi site. Um, a few like apps and a few things of like that help out with mental, um, I guess, um, mental health in general. Um, are there any resources on there that you guys particularly like or um, find particularly helpful in any way? Well, of course, the books available on LeanPub, um, mm -hmm. also DRM free. So if you were to buy copies, uh, you could distribute them to everybody you work with. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I think that mental health first aid is a huge one. Uh, I think that anybody in any type of leadership position uh, should have that. And it's not necessarily you know, treating or diagnosing on scene. It's more recognizing and seeing symptoms and you know understanding what may happen. Uh, so I don't know if it's anywhere on any of my bios. I spent, before my development career, I spent about 10 years working as a paramedic. So the mental health ties into uh, pretty tightly. And it's something very near and dear, dear to my heart, I think. You know, Joe has an anecdote that he tells where he, because of his mental health first aid training, he recognized that one of his employees, somebody on his team, was working their butts off, just uh, putting in a lot of extra hours. And because of that, he recognized, hey, this person might be prone to burnout. Maybe, maybe we're putting too much on them and not, not in a bad way. Uh, just you know, oh, we're we're just handing more, and they're afraid to say no, right. and they should be. Uh, and just recognizing that, and taking a step back, and saying, "Hey, are you all right? Is everything okay? Are we are we giving you enough you time? You don't feel that we're expecting too much of you, are we?" And I I think that's great from being in a leadership position to to have that resource to be able to say, uh maybe we're doing something wrong and not blaming the employee. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other great stuff on there. Um, I, I'm scrolling through it right now because there's so much, uh, but just anything to, to help you find help if you need it or help you find knowledge if you need it. Awesome. Great. Um, so you spoke a little bit about um, the forums before. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how those work? It It's kind of like an anonymous place where if somebody's having an issue, forums and maybe ask a question. Uh, you know, no no judgment about any questions. And if somebody puts something that's particularly troubling, some of our volunteers monitor them pretty closely and will get a ping in Slack. Hey, does anybody have time to look into this or respond to this, reach out to this person? So we we do make efforts to kind of make sure that you know, nobody's coming on there in crisis. And if they are, we direct them to where they actually should be. But, um, before it was the Osmi forums, it was brought up to me quite a bit when uh, I, I would talk about this in various Slack teams about, hey, I'm going through stuff. Somebody would 
always post a link to devpress.com, which is now Osmi Forums. And so knowing that it's well known and that developers feel safe going to it, I think it's pretty awesome. That's great. Uh, yeah. And also having a an anonymous venting area. But for anybody who may be listening, if if you are in crisis, don't go to the forums. See seek help. Absolutely. Uh, we like to wrap up uh, our episodes by having like a little bit of a catch-up session. Um, yeah, so what are some of your guys' kind of interests or hobbies, stuff you like to do outside of Osby or your regular work? Wait, there, there's life outside of Osby <laughs> and regular work? This is news to me. <laughs> I, yeah. Honestly, I, I'm a musician in my free time. I play baritone sax nice. in a community wind ensemble. Uh, I've been learning a lot of non-PHP stuff lately. Gatsby JS has been a lot of fun uh, to kind of dive into. But really, my my heart is in speaking and attending these events where I can represent Osme and you know because for one, it's fun to get to these places and and see people, and two being there and being a voice for people who may not have uh have the i can't think of the word for it but may not want to get up and say these things or they may not want to go to their bosses and admit things that that's probably you know the the biggest thing that i enjoy enjoy doing that that isn't work that's amazing that's awesome yeah, outside of work, I don't really know what happens outside of work, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do a lot of cycling in my free time. Um, I give like bike tours of downtown Nashville, but I also uh, race with a team as well. So um, generally, like if I'm not coding, I'm on a bike, whether it's like inside or outside. Um, I also do a lot of photography. Um, I used to be a musician, and then I realized I needed money, so that's how I became a developer. So, and I need health insurance too because that awesome American. But um, like, I have my guitars laying around here, and I'll I'll play them. Um, but so, like, yeah, like outside of work, um, because like, it's my personality to like deep dive and like basically like, just if I want to learn something, I want like I will put my entire life into learning it, and so, um, that's both a really good thing and a really bad thing because it gets obsessive after a while and. If it's on the computer, then I'm just going to hold myself up in like my room and not ever come out and see the light of day. So I really try and make sure I have hobbies that don't require a computer. So like photography, cycling, um, reading, um, being like a little whiskey snob, that kind of stuff. Things that get me outside and away from a computer, like my my biggest things right now, as well as like chasing financial independence and trying to retire so I can like just do open source stuff for the rest of my life and not have to worry about a paycheck. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be someone on dev too. like tried to psychoanalyze me because I said, I didn't want to keep coding for the rest of my life. And I was like, you don't know me. A, <laughs> B, it's okay to like, not want to code for the rest of your life. Right. It's interesting that you, <laughs> it's interesting that you both mentioned uh, being musicians. I'm also a former musician. I feel like that's, super common among people who come into technology as far as I've seen. Um, I used to actually be a hip hop artist 
but yeah, like you mentioned, Matt, I need to make money. So it's it's <laughs> very common that. here because I live in Nashville, which you know is like Music City of America or whatever. And like you go to a meetup, and we we have a really great boot camp here called the Nashville Software School. Um, they do a really great job. And every so often I'll go speak and kind of do like a developer ask me anything and or like here's what life as a senior developer is kind of thing. And like one of the things I've noticed is like third like three quarters of the classroom are musicians in some respect. Some of them have degrees in theory, some of them have degrees in production, some of them have music careers, but you know, they need something a little bit more steady and so like you can't throw a rock in a developer meetup here in Nashville and not hit a musician. Like, <laughs> like Nash JS is tonight. And I, I guarantee if I went there, I'd be like, you're a musician, you're a musician. You're a mus-. It's, it's really funny how those two things um, <laughs> kind of work out together. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tech for Humans. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. You can tweet us at techforhumans.io or listen to all of our episodes at techforhumans.io. That's tech, the number four, humans.io. Episodes are available on all major podcast platforms.